This podcast is brought to you by Signals, an AI marketing tool that helps you automate, grow, and close sales pipeline. Welcome to the Signals Podcast Network. Thank you for joining us on this journey of innovation through our Demand Gen Summit, Fall of 2023. Today, we are diving deep into the world of demand generation, broadening our understandings of the connections that define our digital age. Throughout this series, we will navigate breakthroughs, chat with experts, and provide a front row seat to the experiences shared at the Demand Gen Summit. For this episode, our speaker, Amarpreet Kalkat, founder and CEO of Humantic AI, will discuss AI and sales. We hope you enjoy. Hi, everyone. Good afternoon. I hope you're enjoying the sessions today that have been going on. Um, Signal Steam has brought some fantastic speakers uh, together. I am going to be speaking about a topic that's probably on everyone's mind, the role of AI in sales. Now, this is a topic uh, that I am quite fascinated by. I'm quite interested in. I've spoken about this topic earlier. Um, hopefully, you will have some good insights, some useful insights to carry away um, at the end of my uh, conversation today. Uh, very quickly, my name is Amarpreet Kalkut. I'm the founder of Humantic AI. Uh, we are a buyer intelligence platform uh, for sales teams. Uh, we are 2023's number two most adopted sales AI. So hopefully, I know a thing or two about uh, sales AI. Uh, yeah, we've been we've been seeing a lot of activity in the market, and uh, we've spoken to. I have personally spoken to hundred plus senior revenue leaders. I would say in the last one year. Now, AI in sales, like I said, it's a fascinating topic. Let's start running through the, the lay of the land. What is going on out there today? Uh, let's start over there. So the number one thing I would say that's the number one trend that is at play today is change. The only constant, as we all know. So selling is changing pretty drastically. Now, this is not the first time. Everything changes all the time. Selling has been changing for years. But what happens is there are waves. Yeah, The pendulum keeps swinging fast and slow. Right now, we're at a point where it's not changing gradually. It's changing suddenly. Yeah, we're feeling, we're feeling some of it. Now, some people, they're more observant. They're more clued into. They feel it strongly. Some people, I would say a vast majority of the people, don't feel things as they're happening. You know, big trends at play. We feel them in hindsight. Oh wow! Looking back, that was that was crazy. What happened? Yeah. So, but right now, there's it's not gradual change. It is the time of sudden change when it comes to selling. Now, why is that happening? There are two three trends that have come together, and generally, it's it's a combination of a culmination of a few things you know coming together that leads to large changes happening quickly. AI's, for example changing quickly and uh, selling uh, is changing quickly too. It's not only AI that's changing selling. Let's be clear. I would say that the trigger for that um, was probably, I, I would say COVID-19. Now, before COVID-19 too, there was a big a big um, uh, trend at play. I would call automation that trend. So if you look back at sales, a lot of automation, in fact, most of the tools that have become dominant that have become commonplace in the last 10 odd years are related to automation. For example, sales engagement platforms, I think 
um, you know, is 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 pretty classic classic example. Before that, it was not necessarily so. Like when CRM came in, it wasn't really about automation. So automation has been at play. We can do so much more just by automating things. Then COVID nineteen happened, and selling just went digital. Yeah, because you have no option but to sit at home and sell. Some people were selling. Uh, from the office already. So not a huge change, although selling from the office versus home is still two different things. But the big change has been those people who've been selling in the field or those who have had a hybrid approach, you know, which is a lot of, lot of sellers. So, and then you combine that with what's happened in the last roughly one year, you know, starting around um, same period, November, 2022, that's when some significant generative AI announcements were made by OpenAI. And post that, it's just been one thing after another. So there we are. There is a massive change at play because uh, a number of uh, trends have come together. And that, what is that doing for the seller? Is it helping them? Are they are they adapting to that trend, uh, that change? It's, it's not easy. It's never easy, especially when the change is certain. The seller today, by and large, I think I've spoken to one CRO out of 100 last year who said, we are on target. Now, 2023 was a harsh year, has been a harsh year. Absolutely, 2022 to part of it. But it's not just that. It's not just the market being down. But the trends that I spoke about. Now, three main things that I see here, why that's happening. One most technology leaders, revenue leaders, or revenue ops leaders even, they don't understand AI. See, they're not technologists. They're sellers. They're sellers. They know how to sell. They've sold for many years, even RevOps. A lot of people into RevOps come you know, from selling uh, side who probably have more fascination with operational aspects or technology aspects. So... But they still understand what I've seen, mostly data and activities. Like data is, hey, let's get the phone numbers from Zoom Info. Activities, let's send out 100 emails, make 500 calls. They understand that that's the language. AI is different. It's not the same thing. It's not about just doing more. So that, that's, a, uh, that's a big uh, concept that, that is impacting sellers because of how their leaders understand AI. Number two, and this has been written about, you know, by by uh, some uh, some experts here and there. Ask any leader, or ask yourself. Yeah, you know, whether you're a seller, whether you're a sales leader, uh, listening to this today. What all steps have you taken in the last two, three, four years that have been focused on improving not seller skills, but buyer's experience? buyer's experience. Have you, the way you work towards, let's make our sellers better. Let's give them more tools. Let's give them more training. Do we think about the buyer? No, we haven't. It's just not been happening. So the buyer experience is very frustrating. All of us, like ask anyone, do you open a cold email? No. Do you pick up a cold call? No. Then how do you expect your sellers? Or if you're a seller, how do you expect to be getting the results? You've not bothered about the buyer for a long time, and now we're paying the price. And the final thing, uh, I was speaking to someone at Gartner, and they said, give a 
CRO a million dollars and odds are they will go and hire free salespeople rather than investing in technology. So there's always this fascination about, you know, just doing more of the same, just having more people, making more calls, uh, you know, sending more emails, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And these, this is what the seller's working with. It's not enough. It's far from enough for the world that its sales is becoming today, which we are mostly struggling to understand. Like some people do because they tend to be um, very forward looking or they, they just have that ability to, to see where the puck's going. Most of us can't see, uh, you know, the puck before it goes there, before it goes and hits that corner. So, so the analogy for this, um, yeah, yeah, I find it quite interesting. It's with Dust Bowl. You know, those of you who know Dust Bowl from you know, Midwest 1940s, so 1930s, as uh, farm equipment started coming in, uh, for the first 15, 20 years, the productivity just went up because you could do so much more. You were not dependent on people anymore. But 20 years later, the whole topsoil layer had eroded. And that's where the dust part comes from because there was nothing you could do. We just, we just, you know, some degree tragedy of the commons. We just simply, simply uh, destroyed uh, our, you know, uh, golden hand, so to speak. And that's what we're doing with the buyers today. So those, so it's a, it's a big change that we are not really able to adapt to very well. And most of the people are struggling. Most teams, organizations, leaders, sellers are struggling today. Which brings us to the topic, you know, for today. So is AI the answer? Is AI going to take care of all the problems? Is AI going to be cure-all? Well, let's find out. That's uh, what I'm here for. That's what I am uh, covering uh, today. So to understand if AI is really the answer or not. First, we need to understand AI better. What is AI? Is it an opportunity or is it a calamity or something else? So let's take a look at that. What does technology do in general? This is AI is not the first technology. We've seen internet before that, you know, there were computers. Before that, there were other non-computer related technologies that have, you know, come in. So technology, coming in has been happening for at least 500 years actively. So what does technology do? I'm just going to look back at the last maybe 50 odd years, uh, not, not 500 years. So technology is, it's a no brainer. It's, um, you know, technology gives leverage like nothing else. Um, take a look at some of this data. It used to take eight people to do a million dollars in revenue in 1990, 35 years ago. When internet came in, it drastically, drastically in like 20 years, that eight people that used to, you know, that it used to take for a million dollars in revenue became two and a half people. But since then, the last 12, 13 years, the progress hasn't been much. It's just been, you know, two and a half people becoming maybe two people. Right. And now we have this AI. So that's what AI can do. But on the other side, uh, technology also decimates companies. Only 52 companies have been steady on the Fortune 500 list since 1955. That's not a lot of time. That's just 70, 70 plus you know, years. 90% of the companies are gone. And it's hard for people to imagine you know, what will happen tomorrow. Like the biggest companies of today, and as, as 
the cycle speed up, you know, they could be gone like this. I have worked at Nokia and I saw Nokia going down. Like I've spent two and a half, uh, around two years over there. So it just, it happens very, very quickly. And so both sides, both things are happening. Like tech gen AI people talk about, it is showing clearly all the data that the productivity boost that it's bringing in is, is immense or can be immense, but it's got its challenges, which we'll talk about. So that's what technology tends to do in general. So AI, is it a opportunity? Is it a calamity? Well, it is both. It is both, right? We all know it. It is both. It is what I call a step change. Now, again, some people understand this. Some people don't realize this. It is a big change. It's probably the biggest change that's happened for a long time. Yeah, maybe, maybe since Steam Engine or something. Like, I believe it's bigger than the internet. Now, it's a little hard for people to grasp that. I've heard, no, 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 that internet was too big. It is It is a different beast altogether, just the level of impact that AI can have. The multiplier effect is very significant. And we'll, we'll take some examples a little bit later, just to give you an idea of what I mean to see here. <laughs> so long, first, we will evaluate the opportunity part of sales, you know, quickly. Uh, of AI in sales, the data shows very clearly sales is the number one function that is adopting AI. So those of us who sell AI software, those of us who use AI software, prep up, wake up, get ready. AI is here. And it will get adopted fast in sales. 68% of the organizations is number one it's double of the logistics or training. Marketing is, is a close, close second. So it is the fastest growing span category. And for those of you who are not on the leadership side here, but you know, your sellers, the most important thing I think you should focus on is right here. A lot of the people I meet, they won't accept that they're resistant to adopting AI, but they are. Because generally, as humans, we are resistant to adopting change. And AI is big, big, big change. But those who adopt AI, it says here, 4.5x more likely. Now, this is high performers being more likely. But I can tell you that there is inverse correlation too, where those who adopt AI, their odds of becoming high performers, we have seen that with our data. Like we've measured with our customers how those who have adopted, say, Humantic AI, their journey and this trend of them moving up in the rankings within their org, it is visible. So think of AI again, simply put, again, this is for the sellers, you know, here, it's very simple. Think of AI as a, it's a super, superhero uh, set of powers. Now, how you use it will ultimately define how well you use it. So it's on it's on you really. But if you don't use them, there's no way that you'll be able to measure up against people who are putting it to use. So you have to you have to open up your mind. Some of it is easy to adopt, adopt. Some of it is hard to adopt. I I think ease things is a very very important axis. Like on G two humantic. 
we score number two in ease of use, as it says. And I think that's been part of the reason why 2023, in spite of everything, has been a great year for us. So ease is very important. This is for the builders too, who are here. Extremely important, as important as the value of the AI itself. But keeping an open mind is probably the most important thing. On the other side of AI and sales, we all hear about that. I'm sure we are all concerned, or most of us are concerned about that. The calamity part. I think the biggest, biggest argument is, is around jobs. And now I build AI and I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm not going to say it will not take away jobs. It will take away jobs. It's bound to happen. It's always been like that. But two things. Let me take you through those two things one by one. First of all, adopting AI does not take away jobs. This is from a Salesforce uh, report. Uh, I'll be sharing this presentation so you can go through these links, et cetera, later. Companies that adopt AI tend to hire more salespeople. Can you believe that, right? It's counterintuitive. Companies that adopt AI tend to hire more salespeople. They just become more successful. Now, jobs will be replaced. Jobs will be changed. But jobs will not go away. Some people lose jobs. Many more gain jobs. People lose low-value jobs, gain high-value jobs. Overall, that's how technology adoption has always played out. Again, like I would say, for the last 500 years. We have much better quality of life compared to our grandfather or our you know great 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 grandfather like you know two hundred years ago, because technology improves our quality of life. So don't don't be scared of losing a job. That every I think everyone says it. You know, it's, you'll not be replaced by AI, but by someone who's leveraging AI. So I think that's a good way to take it away. Um, you know, good good take away. So yeah, so companies. If you're wondering, people, impact, et cetera, now those who adopt AI actually hire more because generally they tend to do better. And it's those who don't adopt that are at risk of perishing as companies and therefore killing the jobs for their employees. So that's that's one part, like I said, you know, uh, about uh, the role of AI. Now, the second second important factor is that a vast majority of the jobs, there's a Goldman Sachs report, I think, I don't have it here, but that says 62% of the jobs will evolve, only 7% will be replaced. Now, I don't know if that is true, and I don't think Goldman knows whether it's true too, but I think it makes the point pretty clear that evolution, like take sales, the SDR function is evolving fast. Why is it evolving fast? Because that's where most of the challenge for most leaders is top of the funnel. It's a bloodbath, absolute bloodbath, mayhem. So people have no option but to take action. And when they take action, it impacts jobs. So, but does it mean SDRs are going to go away? Well, that brings us to our next point. So I tend to break AI you know, from on the axis of related to jobs into replaceive and assistive AI. So replaceive AI is that replaces people. Assistive AI is that assists people. Now, we have a very firm belief. Humantic AI has a very firm belief in 
being an assistive kind of AI, we believe that is the future. But like I said, it's not the whole, everything is not, you know, uh, shiny and great. There is replacive AI and that is going to play a role. My take would be that replacive AI will make a bigger mark, faster mark on transactional selling. Just think about yourself. Are you involved with transactional selling? What is transactional selling? Small deal selling. People don't really matter. Anyone could be selling anything to anyone. You know, generally, these are smaller deals. That's a good way of identifying transactional selling. Compared to strategic selling, where assistive AI will probably play a larger role, the human element will still be stronger. And it's not just human element, but AI in general. Assistive AI will play a larger role when it comes to strategic selling. Replacive AI quite possibly could play a larger role or at least will play a more significant role when it comes to transactional selling. So see where you are as a seller. Either you move, if you're on the transactional side, you move towards strategic. You know That's what you want to be doing. Or you really, really need to be adopting AI so that you're elevating yourself to the next level and not get replaced because your odds of getting replaced are higher if you are on the transactional side. Big question. Uh, maybe this is the most important slide that I have here today, or most actionable at least, uh, if not most important from a thought perspective, I think from an actionability perspective. Where do you start your AI journey? How do you think about it? What is important, what's not? It's it's wild, wild west out there today. Absolutely. Like I said, everyone I speak to, and I'm talking hundreds of leaders, sellers, it's a lot of people. They don't know. There's just so much. Everything is AI. Uh, in fact, the joke I have is that if a company's description reads AI, it's probably not AI. Everyone is calling themselves AI today. So it's very confusing for people. What do I adopt first? This is AI, that's AI, this is happening, that's happening. It's crazy. Absolutely. We hope you have crazy. enjoyed delving into the intricate world of demand it. generation and gaining a fresh perspective on As the forces always, that drive our interconnected start world. With outcomes. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't Work forget backwards. to check out others on our website want? at getsignals.ai so you never miss an opportunity to explore the latest breakthroughs here. and insights. Now they a special thank you to our dedicated teams for making this episode to, possible. You know, Your passion revenue, for uncovering the innovative realities uh, you know, of demand that's generation what, you know, is what fuels this podcast. Revenue, and lastly, but certainly not revenue. least, a big thanks but to you, our listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm keeps and us motivated to bring you the most what engaging do I mean content. Until next time. Assistant AI, these are your co-pilots that are beginning to show up on the scene. Microsoft co-pilot, Salesforce co-pilot. Gong Squad, they, I don't think they call it co-pilot, but it's kind of like a co-pilot. Zoom's launched a lot of functionality for sellers. So that's your assistant. I'm not calling it assistive because assistive AI, even what's under humanization or predictive could be assistive. So it's assistants, you know, essentially co-pilots, I was going to call it. Their general outcome and impact is efficiency. Like read Microsoft's co-pilot announcement. It says 85% of the people reported being able to do one more action. You see? You'll do more actions. You'll be more efficient. They're not talking about effectiveness. Now, the second, you know, this is probably the most unknown group uh, that, that you'll see. But again, uh, this is something that we do. But the reason it is here is not because we do this. I, I do this because I fundamentally believe this is one of the most important pieces. If we don't get it right, 
will screw up the AI rollout just we, as we have screwed up the whole automation journey. We've, I spoke about it earlier, right? We've absolutely, absolutely murdered the buyer's experience. Absolutely. It's bad, right? You don't want to go near your phone when it's a stranger's call. You, you know, you're scared to open up your email. You know, you're scared to go to your LinkedIn DMs. It's just crazy, right? The amount of spam that is everywhere. Do we want to do that? No. Because AI's biggest characteristic is that it is robotic. It's mechanical. If we just adopt AI the way we adopted automation, we're just going to go from automated, you know, spam, the automated ability to spam, to automated ability to spam and first create that spam. You know, if you look at Gen AI. So we don't want that. So that I would call it as a separate bucket. You know, that's something we obsess about. We talk about a lot. We have a few competitors. I've listed them out here. You should know them. Uh, they're good companies trying to do good work. They don't, I don't think too many people think about us like humanization of, a, you know, selling as, as the outcome. Yeah, so a lot of it's about personality, AI, or, you know, again, results and whatnot. But I, that's how I believe, you know, from an AI uh, perspective. And the third bucket is predictive AI. And, you know, especially I think that part would help everyone who's listening to this. Predictive AI is generally, and well, again, AI is generally predictive by nature. But I'm talking about, for example, deal forecasting. Yeah, pipeline forecasting. A lot of this is around to do with examination. Or even what Gong, et cetera, have been doing conversational AI, let's examine a call. Let's give feedback to the rep. Let's tell them what they did right, what did they wrong. It is all examination. Now, everything in selling, of course, ultimately starts tying into, you know, is it moving the revenue needle or not? But it is about how directly or indirectly it is. So if you use just this, uh, this framework, you will be able to almost place every AI that you encounter into one of these three buckets. They're either assistants, yeah. So for example, you know, a lot of Gen AI, and Gen AI, why haven't I called it Gen AI? Because Gen AI is across all these three groups. Yeah, so when, for example, Microsoft, you know, you can get those, uh, you know, call summaries, call action items, all of that is coming. Some people have sales specific models, some have more generic models, but, uh, you know, Gong, et cetera, have had that, but now suddenly there's Zoom's doing that and Microsoft's doing that, Salesforce, you know, it's, it's just crazy. So assistance, because, hey, I can quickly just scan my notes or get the highlights of a meeting. That's assistant AI. Normally it'll be used by sellers. Humanization AI is where every interaction that we have, the email that we send, the call that we make, the meeting that we go to. So we basically make it about the person on the other side. We don't just care about the company and their need. You know, and I've seen that mindset to some degree. All that matters is someone's need. People don't matter. That's very weird. It doesn't matter on transactional selling. If you say that, you're probably a transactional seller. On the strategic selling, no one has ever, or at least in the near future, will ever buy from someone they don't like and trust. That's how it is. And this is what helps you. And that's the reason I spoke about, you know, how good 2023 has been for us from the option perspective, because all the trends, we're not meeting people, we are staying away from them. They, 
that's that's the reason why people see that I have to adopt it. If I'm going to use more AI, I have to balance out the fact that it is robotic. Try using Gen AI by itself. You'll see the difference, right? Everyone can already recognize Gen AI in emails. It's as simple as that. So predictive AI is more for leaders because it's about examination. What's happening in the steel? What is this rep doing right? Where is my prediction forecast for this quarter? So these are the three broad groups that you're looking at. Depending upon what you want, you want more efficiency, you already do well. You want more efficiency, assistant AI should be prioritized. You're not doing well, you're, you're struggling meeting numbers, quotas, et cetera. Effectiveness should be your number one. Examination, I would tie that into effectiveness to some degree, but you don't have enough visibility as a leader. You don't know what's going on. Now, being able to forecast doesn't mean really that you can change the results, right? But you have visibility and then therefore maybe you take more action. So it's an indirect way of getting results. Yeah. So it is more, uh, you know, for, for examination, although ultimately it will all tie into revenue. So that's what is your big need. So think of it as pieces of a puzzle that you're trying to bring together. See what pieces you already have in place. And then accordingly see, therefore, what piece should come next. So I would say that's that's important. <laughs> a few things to keep in mind while I try to wrap this up. Really important, very basic things, but they really matter. I've seen it. Leadership's not aligned. Your AI rollouts will struggle. Yeah, AI leaves it just to like I call it made letting tools, you know, technology and uh, reps. Battle it out? No. AI still needs a guiding hand from leadership. First-line managers are critical. You have great first-line managers who show people in the trenches what to do, how to do. AI adoption goes very well. You don't involve first-line managers, you struggle. Users, I think it's more about education because of 80% of the people will start from a you know point of resistance. It's just natural as humans. Only 20% will come and show an open mind. So education is important. And last, it's not a small journey. You want quick results, it's going to be hard. It's, it's a step change, like I said earlier. It will not play out that quickly. So often when, for example, when we're speaking to customers, we tell them, hey, you'll get to 70% point quickly. So you'll see something, but don't expect that to be the best that will come. Like if you're running a one month pilot, you know, don't look for the world to change. And I'm not just setting your expectations low. I'm just telling you how to really think about this thing because it will get better. There's no precedent to AI. There's no, there's a big learning curve. They're not trainers at your organization outside. You know, there's not enough material. So if something performs, let us say generally you say, hey, we'll adopt a technology that scores eight on 10. Then with AI, you should adopt something that's maybe seven on 10, not six and 10, but at least seven, because it will go to eight or eight and a half or nine. So that is very likely to happen. The impact of this now can be groundbreaking, massive. I said at the beginning that this is bigger than probably internet. And these are some real examples. You can click through these links later on. SAP did an AI rollout, one, two, and they attributed a billion with a B dollars to that tool rollout. 
Honeywell did it with, it was Aviso, I think they've named the product, you know, Aviso. Uh, they attributed $150 million in revenue. These things were not possible with traditional tools. You know, how much is, is your sales force bringing in a billion dollars in additional revenue? And I have seen firsthand, we've seen firsthand at Humantic AI that your pipeline being impacted by 100 to 200 percent, not 10, 20, 30, 40, but 100 to 200. I think the best I've seen and more than once is 230, 250 percent. And revenue impact by more than 10, 10 to 30. In fact, I think our average revenue impact comes to 16.2 percent. And we've seen some of those firsthand where it almost feels too good to be true, almost, but it is not. So that's how massive AI can be. It just needs a mindset change for sellers and for leaders. Operationally, how should you think about it? This is my suggestion. This is my recommendation. Separate out the AI budgets. Otherwise, you'll always end up gravitating towards solving hygiene problems, which seem like they should be solved first, but they actually don't move the needle that much. So there's this research in this book by Dr. Howard Dover uh, called the, AI, the Sales Innovation Paradox that shows you the impact of different technologies if you read that book. And the impact of some of the hygiene technologies is very minimal, it's 10X lesser, but people still say, I need to fix my CRM first. Okay, second, expertise. A vast majority of people don't know how to leverage AI. Even like I said, revenue ops, most people are from selling or CS background. I would say people who from a tech product engineering background probably should do better. Or if you've actually done that AI implementation, et cetera, once, twice, thrice. So, but there's a big expertise gap in terms of how well you can evaluate and then confusion comes and then you fall back on doing the usual. Third, ROI. Always, always keep your eye on ROI. 2023 has done a great job, made us very ROI focused, which is great. Yeah, but otherwise it was, you know, we would not always bother about results. So that's great. But keep in mind what I just said that, you know, when something is new, it takes a little bit longer than, than the usual kind of things. And the final part is again similar, you know, so about focus. If you mix everything up, you will end up doing the usual things. Like if I, you know, come to computer one morning and I say, hey, let's just do things. I just end up going through emails, responding to Steam Slack and whatnot, and two hours are gone. Yeah, because it's just hygiene. You're like, let me get this done, you know, through the door. Let me get this, you know, let me be over with this, get done with this. But you have to say, okay, I'm going to spend one hour purely on, you know, giving a talk, you know, out here. So focus is important. Now, finally, is AI enough? Just if we have AI, is it going to solve all the problems? Unfortunately, no, I think we all know it, but I think it's a big part of the story. If the base is there, so let me repeat it. If the base is there, AI adoption, probably you'll adopt three, four AI tools. And if you do it well, like I said, you look at what your strengths and weaknesses are, where you're doing well, where not, and like the pieces of the puzzle mindset, you will have significant impact. What if the base is not there, which is true for most companies? That's where it becomes interesting. That's where it becomes interesting because then too many people gravitate towards, you know what? We got to get the base right. We got to get our CRM right. We got to get our engagement tool right. 
no. No one, no one has ever won a battle by doing the usual. Look at all the battles, look at the history. No one, you have to do something that is different. So I call it a jab and a hook. You've got to, of course, fix hygiene, but don't just get busy. You know, I talked to a company once, they were getting their sales force right for two years. They were adopting, evaluating zero other technologies. It's crazy. So make it, you know, one-two, make it a one-two punch. Don't just get stuck there. I know it's harder than just doing one thing, but then most of the good things in life are hard. I see the mindset, we're not adopting new tools. We're cutting down on budgets. Don't, don't be simplistic. Don't just do one thing. The best results come from nuanced approaches, not simplistic approaches. That's just simpler and easier to work with. You're cutting budget, that's great, but do it in a nuanced manner. Cut down tools that are not being useful and adopt tools that you think can be useful. You see, it's not easy because now you have to really understand what's good, what's not, but that is the way it should be done. So that's something. So jab and the hook, you've got to do one, two if you don't have the base. If you have the base, then it's a no-brainer. That's where I will leave it today. That's what you can carry away. That's where AI in sales is headed. And that's the fascinating, uh, not, not necessarily all good. There's a lot that's going on, but a fairly fascinating future of AI in sales. Thank you. We hope you have enjoyed delving into the intricate world of demand generation and gaining a fresh perspective on the forces that drive our interconnected world. If you found today's episode intriguing, don't forget to check out others on our website at getsignals.ai so you never miss an opportunity to explore the latest breakthroughs and insights. A special thank you to our dedicated teams for making this episode possible. Your passion for uncovering the innovative realities of demand generation is what fuels this podcast. And lastly, but certainly not least, a big thanks to you, our listeners. Your curiosity and enthusiasm keeps us motivated to bring you the most engaging content. Until next time.